0: your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore.
1: Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up.
0: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories dot com slash just break dot com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell, and this week we're going to tackle topics like when senses of humor aren't aligned, how to talk about past abuse with your new boo, and when being cheated on isn't quite what it seems.
0: Oh, intriguing. I know, know,
1: right? (laughs) I think I hooked him. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we're not licensed or qualified to do any of this.
0: No, absolutely not. And furthermore, we've reached the part of the year in which we'll start having Sierra is Sick episodes. You yeah. know, remember like <laughs> Remember when we first started and I got like the black plague and pink eye all yeah. at once? Yeah, the same was, that week that they painted my apartment building black. <laughs> um Yes, so I'm all right, everyone. Um, but it's just the time of the year in which my sickly Victorian little boy immune system can't hold up. Um,
1: <laughs> That's <pretty laughs> so
0: so sorry about my beautiful, raspy voice. But this is all to say Sam and I are ill-equipped, unprofessional, untrained, poorly immune. who don't know what they're talking about so please take our advice as you see fit in your life we're just here to offer all our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love so yes uh guess what we have a very very exciting announcement this uh to talk about on this episode absolutely And, and i Sam, you don't know this because um, I don't. Well, I don't know if you saw this on the internet, but I teased it on our social media, and oh, I, did you? I yeah, I was like, we have this big, exciting announcement to talk about, and I said, can anybody guess what it is? And like, first of all, hundred people guessed that I was pregnant, which is just oh my like, God. I just want you guys to know that's really fast for a same sex couple. <laughs>
1: It like, is very I'm not hard sure. to find a sper- sperm donor in such a short period of time.
0: And in COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are, there's a process, you know, so, um, nope, uh, not pregnant. Somebody guessed that you're pregnant.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, and then, uh, lots of people guessed that, um, we were coming out with a book. And Ooh. so I have to sadly say no, not yet. Um, and then my favorite final guess was Spencer, um, aka Big Cats, asked if you were going to finally show me your butt. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. All right. So, um, yes, those are the, the top guesses. Um, oh, my God. And somebody guessed that, like, one of us was leaving the show. And I was like, uh, over our mutual dead bodies.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, like if one of us
0: leaves the show, we're the show is done. Like it, it it, it lives. And also both of us are dead then. Right. (laughs) We made a
1: pact. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So are you ready to share our very exciting big news? I'm a little
1: nervous. (laughs) I'm a little nervous too, but we can also talk about that. It'll be great.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, Sam and Spencer and I are thrilled to announce that, um, within the next month, our podcast will become exclusive on Spotify. Spotify is investing in our show and in our growth, and they believe in the Just Break Up vision. And they came to us earlier this summer, um, kind of, you know, in conversations about what this partnership would look like. And it took Sam and Spencer and I a long time To um, negotiate with them and and kind of feel out what that would look like. But we've really decided that this is an incredibly beneficial partnership for us. It allows us to grow. Spotify wants us to grow. And it is an actual partnership. It's not just about, um, you know, uh, I don't know, sales or whatever. Um, This is really for the sustainability and health of our podcast because... And I'm, I'm sure Sam can jump in here, but like, you know, Sam and I also have jobs. Like Sam has like a big, important person job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I have my own work (laughs) and, uh, but this podcast kind of blew up in a way that we never really anticipated, uh, two, two years ago when we started it. And so it's taking up a larger part of our, you know, our daily life really. And with the support and, um, growth from Spotify uh, it's going to free us up to be able to contribute a lot more energy and time um, to the, to the podcast, to the head and artwork community.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I'm most excited about that. Right. Like I think you and I had been doing a lot of this work um, for free for a long time. And then also for like, um, you know, you are self-employed and like, this is a huge part of your, Work that you're doing? Oh, and yeah. When so... we started
0: this, well, let me just say really quickly, like to give <laughs> yeah. people context. When we started this, um, this was like a passion project, and I was a fully self employed artist, you know, a writer. And now Just Break Up takes up easily, you know, without any growth right now. Just Break Up takes up, you know, 70% of my workload. Mm-hmm. And to be paid less than part time for my less you know my more than part-time work is, is is hard on me but you know Spencer and Sam and I we we really believe in the podcast so we did this for 2 years because we wanted to get to a place where someone like Spotify would offer us such an amazing partnership
1: absolutely and i think it's it's really great that you are going to be like adequately paid for your <laughs> time honestly like that was the most exciting thing for me was just like knowing how You're much you had worked on this um and the fact that, like, absolutely, we still love our our patrons, and they—I mean, the patrons they, made they it sustainable to made this it point, possible. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: the Patreon um, people literally made it possible because we did, you know, including Spencer. Spencer did everything for free, mm-hmm. producing and editing our show for free for like the first, I think, eight months or something. And you and I too. And then you didn't start taking a cut of Patreon for maybe the first ten ten months of the podcast you know Mm -hmm. so you didn't get paid anything and then we were getting paid like a couple hundred dollars a month or whatever and don't don't get us wrong we're not gonna we're not like rolling in the spotify dough (laughs) and it's not about that it's not about that but sam and i wanted to be transparent about why we decided ultimately to um to become a part of the spotify exclusive family is because it it supports us um as artists
1: really and makes it possible for us to be able to do this show long term, which is I yes. think super exciting and I'll also say um, you know we Spotify offered us a deal and we came back with them with some some questions and some asks because we wanted to make sure that this podcast is as authentic as possible that it continues to be right. sort of our baby, <laughs> and that it fits our vision for what we want and also to support all of you too, right? Like we don't want this to be a Sam and Sierra make the decisions and, um, and you all like, don't, you know, get a say, like we were thinking about how we can make this podcast. Sustainable. the same as it is. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And Spotify, Spotify was such a good partner in that. And like, yes. listen to us and change some of the terms of the, the agreement with us. And like, honestly, that whole process filled me with so much hope and excitement that like, this is actually going to be really good for the podcast, um, for us. And it's still going to remain exactly the way that it was.
0: Right.
1: Exactly the way that it exists right now. Right. Like we are going to have complete license over everything that we talk about. mm -hmm. We're not going to have to, to talk about things that we don't want to right? Like we have a hundred percent creative control over the podcast and What's great is that we also get this platform to be able to spread the word and grow. And we have we have these partners that really want to see us make something even bigger out of this podcast, which we're super excited right. about.
0: Which is why I kind of hinted at the book or like I connected it to the book earlier. We don't have a book deal yet, but you know, y'all know that this has been one of a That's been a big goal of ours and, you know... If I was, you know, thinking about the percentages of our workload that we contribute to just break up while not getting, um, you know, doing it for less than whatever, um, being able to um, sustain our workload a little bit more evenly um, with this partnership with Spotify, um, I'm hoping that that will be able to we'll be able to redistribute some of our workload a little bit um, more evenly mm-hmm. and dedicate more time to pursuing our other bigger goals, like a Just Break Up book, like maybe a retreat one day when COVID goes away, things like that. Um, and I know, you know, I think a lot of you will be really happy for us. Um, a lot of you might not be 100% happy for us. And that's why Sam and I were nervous. <laughs> because <laughs> we because we do everything with the podcast, like you said, with, with you head and heart, workers in mind um but we want to I'll, I'll reiterate what sam said which is that we have 100 percent creative control the show is still free um mm, because yeah, that's a good point. we have to stress this um because i didn't even know this because um in one of our meetings, one of our um, team, Spotify team members was like, yeah, Spotify did such a good job pushing the premium membership of their app that like everybody didn't, doesn't realize that their, the app is free. Um and I, and I was like under that misunderstanding too. Um, <laughs> even when we started conversations with Spotify, I was like, Oh shit. Like, do people have to get a Spotify premium account? No. A Spotify app is hundred percent free. You can download it today. You don't need a credit card. Um, and uh, so our show will say the same. You'll just need to download a new app to listen to it. If you don't already use
1: Spotify. Um, and if you do use Spotify for your music, which I know a lot of us do, right? Like you I don't do. have to do anything different. Like, it's in the app. <laughs> like you just have to mm-hmm. go from like the music page to the spot, to the podcast page. And like, it's all there. So yeah, it is like, it's all connected with that. And, and again, like Sierra said, you don't have to have a premium account to listen to the podcast. You can just download the app, yeah. start listening. Or even if you have the app already, you just have to like search for us and you'll be able to find us.
0: Yeah. And we can have like, you know, so this, is, this change isn't happening for another four weeks and we will, we, we will rehash all these details with you. We will, you know, remind you, we will blah, 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 blah. But, um, I want to say quick, but because this is our big announcement day, I do want to say like, I can, I, I know why some people grumble over podcasts becoming exclusive on, mm-hmm. on a company like Spotify, um, because podcasts are cool. Like even, even when I started one, before I started this one with you, I didn't really realize like what a cool thing it is that Spotify, or excuse me, not Spotify, (laughs) that podcasts are free, that there are these things Mm -hmm. that, you know, there are these experiences or educational tools or entertainment that people can access from all over. Well, number one, that's not changing, but number two, I I do think that it, as someone who's been a self-employed artist for the on and off for the past 10 years, um, I think that there's something really beautiful in what Spotify has offered us is um, the ability to say like, yep, we still want you to create this free, holistic, like sometimes funny and helpful, <laughs> sometimes crude <laughs> and like heartfelt thing mm-hmm. for free. And we still want folks to get it for free. Um, but we want to help you as creators like produce it and and make mm-hmm. it happen and fulfill your creative and professional goals because... um that's truly investing in us. And I, I know that people grumble about um, exclusivity of podcasts, but I think it's, it's, it's giving Sam and Spencer and I an amazing gift. And we hope that the head and our work community can be really happy for us and celebrate with us because this is a big fucking deal. (laughs) (laughs) And we're, and we're so, we're so grateful and we're so happy about it. And um, we sort of can't believe that our little just, Breakup Baby has turned into this like awkward, fumbling, you know, exclusively offered on Spotify podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage, you know, dream.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's 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 wild to think that um like Y'all, Spotify approached us because of you. Right? Yes, like, I think I think that that is so cool. Is that like Spotify looked at you all and said your listeners are so engaged, your listeners love you so much, um, like your listeners are such a, an important part yeah. of this podcast that we think that like you are the podcast that we want to invest in because we know that your listeners are going to support you. Oh my you god, when that makes make me want to cry. <laughs> and I like. Honestly, that's what's giving me the most faith about this because we're like, obviously, we are taking a risk to say like we're going to go exclusive and we're excited about that risk. But like my faith in you all as our listeners, knowing that you trust us to be making the best decisions for us, for the podcast, that you're going to be willing to like practice a little like inconvenience to like change how you listen, maybe like. The fact that you are also engaged gives me so much faith that that mm. you all are going to continue to support us in this, and also like be happy for the fact that we uh, have found another yes. way to make this podcast sustainable, Work and to us. like honestly adequately support the time y'all want to know something crazy y'all want to know something
0: crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> sam's right last month is the first month out of the two plus years that we've been doing this that i paid spencer of his full normal recording and editing rate out of two years <laughs> man like this is uh, I oh love my god
1: it. thank you spencer for yes all of the we work love you so much
0: um <laughs> And, uh, you know, another thing I forgot to say in my little um, tangent about like paying people who offer a free creative service is that I won't like name names here. But when we were talking with one of our um, Spotify team members, um, something that they brought up was that a partnership with Spotify allowed a major another major podcast, um, one way bigger than ours, to finally be able to provide health insurance for their hosts. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was such a like a beautiful, tangible, you know, sure, it, it, it might be, it might, like Sam said, there might be a small inconvenience of changing where you listen to this app, but it's still going to be free. And now your favorite host can like go to the doctor (laughs) and, um, (laughs) and as someone who has paid out of pocket for their health insurance or has at different times in my life chosen not to get health insurance Mm -hmm. because that $300 could go to something else out of my, you know, like it's, it's a difficult thing for us self-employed folks. Um, I, th- I found that incredibly um, uplifting. And like you said,'m I'm, I'm filled with hope and excitement. And I think we're just so f- honored that um, not only that Spotify want believes in us and wants to invest in our show and our growth and believes in our just breakup vision, but that our listeners have really brought us to the point where we would be chosen for something like this. Absolutely. So um, like we said, Starting October 19th, that is four Mondays from now, our show will be we're we're getting exclusive. We are DTRing. We're determining right. the we won't relationship. Be on any,
1: on any no, no. other dating apps.
0: <laughs> yep. Exactly. We are DTRing with Spotify. Um and that's gonna include our entire back catalog. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit more over the next four weeks about like um, how you can support us on Spotify if you choose to, how you can still, you can you, you can download on that app so you can listen off Wi-Fi and things like that. Um, we're going to dive into the app a little bit more, not too much, but just so everybody feels empowered. But to remind you, it's going to be on October 19th. And to listen on Spotify, you can do it now. You can download the app for free, no credit card is needed. Um, and you can use the URL S P O T I dot F I slash just break up. You can find it in our show notes to find our show right now in Spotify to start listening for free.
1: If you already have Spotify, you can also just search for us and it'll (laughs) pop up if you don't want to use that tiny URL.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, But yeah, uh, we we're happy um, and we hope that you're happy for us too. Um, If you have for us, make sure you shout us out on social media and give us um, a celebration because Sam and I are feeling nervous and excited to announce this new relationship <laughs> to the world. Is that <clears throat> is that the right way to it say is, it?
1: It is, honestly. It is a relationship for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Okay, so it's out there, it's in the it world. It is. Now. Like now,
1: now we've been. This has of been like... something
0: that has been going on since, like, I don't know, July.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and so it's... we.
1: Ooh, it's out there. I know. Now we get to ah. see, like, we'll see whether our our wildest dreams or our worst fears will come true.
0: <laughs> you know, it's our wild. It's already our wildest dreams. Oh. We've we've already, you know, we've already grown the podcast to this point, and that's my wildest. I mean, I never thought ever no, we that's would true. be at this place with hundreds of thousands of listeners, and um, we just love you all very much, and we're really grateful to be like riding the crazy coattails of your listens and your support. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Let's do what we do best or maybe most unqualified, um, (laughs) which is give advice. Let's get into our letters.
1: All right, let's do it. So our first letter comes from Maggie F., who is writing from the Unfunny Comedy Club. Dear Sam and Sierra, before again, I wanted to say briefly how much I love you both. I've been following Sierra since I was in high school when her poetry was a major part of my teenage angst, (laughs) reading, learning how to grow up mentally ill. And I have loved following her and having the chance to be introduced to the wonderfulness who is Sam.
0: Oh my God. Time out though, because I'm getting it sentimental because like... (laughs) big milestone for our podcast. And I do remember the feelings of being like, Oh my God, people get to meet Sam now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just so fun and special. Oh,
1: thank and you. Petty. <laughs> I am that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's my sitch. I've been in a relationship with my current boyfriend, Paul, for almost nine months. We met on an app when I saw his profile and remembered him from three years prior. We had matched while back in college and talked for a while, but departed for our respective universities before even getting to meet up and falling out of touch. We're both 25 now, and I am so thrilled that we were given this second chance. Paul is intellectual, thoughtful, compassionate, understanding, and a good communicator. He matches my effort in this relationship and has been committed to maintaining a connection despite the COVID crisis hitting just three months into our relationship. We couldn't quarantine together or even see each other for about five months because of health issues, but set up weekly virtual date nights and many phone calls. I trust him and know I can tell him anything without judgment. In many ways, our relationship has felt like a budding connection that could grow into good, true love. Hmm. However, there is one thing that creeps up from time to time to give me doubt. Major differences in our senses of humor. I prefer witty, dry humor. Paul, on the other hand, is very into goofy and absurdist stuff. And y'all, <laughs> I can't stand it. Not for lack of trying. Both since the beginning of our relationship and before when I had other friends who enjoyed some of the same shows, comedians, etc. I have made an attempt to get into it. I can't find the enjoyment in that style. Paul loves to show me clips of his favorite TV shows or YouTubers. After about 30 seconds, he's rolling on the floor laughing and I am bored to death. Later on, he'll make references and want to do little goofy bits together, and I have no desire to engage.
0: Are you like hella triggered by this letter?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I like relate to this so hard.
0: I I can Uh, hear it in your voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't help that Paul is also the type of person who, by his own admission, beats a joke to death. So even when we get on laughing about a type of humor that we both. (laughs) I know. Uh, So even when we get on laughing about a type of humor that we both find funny, a great pun or a well-timed comedic remark, he then keeps going and going and going with it (laughs) ad nauseum. I sometimes find myself getting so exasperated that I no longer even find the humor in the original joke. In general, I am more serious or straightforward (laughs) person than Paula's. is. I've known this from our very first date. However, I thought it would be good for us to balance one another out. I could help him be earnest when he needs to, and he could help me loosen up. I'm worried, however, that it isn't working like that. If he had his druthers, we would go whole days only joking around and without even ever having a serious conversation. Oh,
0: you poor girl. <laughs> this just doesn't teasing.
1: work for me. I need serious conversations in order to feel grounded or close. I And I worry that since I'm not amused by his jokes, I'm not lightening up. I'm just getting annoyed. I've talked to him about needing to have more real conversations and not carrying out so much or carrying on so much, but I haven't seen a real improvement. I don't want to bash what brings him joy or judge him harshly or pressure him to change for me. I know that many people use humor to cope with difficult things they've been through. And he's definitely been through some shit. I want to be understanding. I also want to make sure that all of our needs are being met. This is so much about our relate. There is so much about our relationship that makes sense and brings us joy and hope. We have the very same liberal political views, the same goals for the future, and pets and kids. We even both work in the same field and bond a lot about that. We've had some serious conversations about social issues, personal trauma, and dreams for the future." We have moments of such deep connection and mutual understanding when Paul is being serious. He feels like my perfect partner and I find myself falling for him. And, but then he'll ask me to watch some silly cartoon with him or he'll take a joke (laughs) that I laughed at initially and beat it to a pulp. And I feel so deflated and disconnected. I worry this is always going to be a wedge between us. So often I hear couples that have been together for a long time, talk about how common humor and shared laughter Mm. is one of the keys to longevity. Are we doomed without it, or am I making a big, harsh deal out of nothing? Are there some differences that are too stark to overcome? Is this one of them? Can a good, strong, enduring love thrive without a shared sense of humor? I would love to hear your thoughts, because I flip-flop and fret about this on the daily. (laughs) Much love, Maggie.
0: Oh, Maggie, we love you dearly. And to be clear regardless of my comment earlier um i totally relate to this letter and i too obviously need literally require some like serious Mm -hmm. vulnerable conversations to feel close to people like i can't just like giggle into love (laughs) (laughs) um so i relate to you in that way um This letter did make me laugh the entire time, though, because you wrote it so dryly. Um, (laughs) Like I can I can feel your sense of humor through it. And Mm -hmm. I love a dry sense of humor. So we're already friends. But um, I think Sam maybe should kick off the advice because your husband Uh, loves a poop joke.
1: (laughs) He loves a poop joke. He loves a poop joke. He loves a fart joke. He (laughs) sends me I don't know five to 10 TikToks a day that I honestly don't understand. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, where is the joke in this? I literally don't understand it. He's like, it's funny because uh, of this thing. And I'm like, is it though? Like that doesn't, that's not, I don't even see how that could be funny. Yeah. But he, he is also absurdist in some of the things that he like, he loves to make the same joke 12 times. Totally and like i can sometimes make the like i will sometimes make the joke for him before he's able to make it <laughs> like mm-hmm. i will literally say the thing that i know he's going to say to him because it's like <laughs> uh and i'll be honest it has been annoying in the past for sure totally because like,
0: your sense of humor is oh, a my bit sense more of humor refined
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know refined <laughs> uh, just dry like love a good pun um but like And most of the things like that, that Peter sends me, I'm like, I don't, I either don't get this or like, I don't understand. I don't think this is funny. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And God love him. He keeps trying. He keeps sending those TikToks to me.
0: (laughs) I know. You know, uh, Willow basically at one point stopped um, making poop jokes to me because I just would be like, ugh disgusting you know <laughs> literally yes. she, every 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 like 38 days she'll make a joke about like dropping the kids off at the pool <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just be like okay honey <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll just be like gross and then we'll move on
0: yeah exactly um, when you were first dating how, what was it like to navigate this and like did P- was Peter always this authentic around you with his sense of humor
1: um no <laughs> <laughs> this became more and more evident as time went on <laughs> like um, after
0: you put a ring on it you're like ah. yeah for sure
1: <laughs> yep um and i think what i think it was sort of like a like a challenge to be like oh we're you're just gonna make the same joke eight times or like Oh, yeah, I know. 30 Rock, super funny. I get it. <laughs> there there are parts that are funny, but he, the parts I that you find funny Peter are so weird.
0: For getting the, the your um my wife thing stuck in my head after Willow and I got married. Like, I, yeah. I, I blame that 100% on Peter. He was like, I can't wait to say it. I, I can't wait to make my wife jokes around you. And then he went on this small, very adorable, uh, like, um tangent about how that movie is like hella problematic and um <laughs> like that that's the only part about it. But then he he got the my wife thing stuck in my head.
1: Mm-hmm. Um anyway. Whenever you, we Peter. talk about the Wi-Fi, it's not Wi-Fi, it's my Wi-Fi <laughs> <laughs> I hate. I hate it. <laughs> I know we <me> do. <laughs>
0: um my version of this is that my wife is obsessed. Well, she's very similar to Peter there. We, Sam and I joke that they are like soulmates, um, more like butt mates. Like, I don't know what (laughs) they love each other
1: and their poop jokes so much. They
0: send each, they text each other. Um, like Peter doesn't text me. Peter texts Willow and they text each other like (laughs) inappropriate, like, like potty humor memes, And, um, so she loves a good, like, you know, immature joke, I should say. Uh, but she also loves like movie obscure movie quotes and obscure, not even obscure, like just dumb movies. Um, like, uh, let's see. Her favorite movie is the sweetest thing. Have you ever seen that?
1: Yes. Peter hates (laughs) that movie.
0: Wow. Is that the intersection of where they don't meet? Well, it's like, um, she it was her favorite movie when she was a teenager, so I'm sure it's mm-hmm. probably, like, sexist and problematic, which Peter is very sensitive to. Um, uh, and she loves, you know, she, like, constantly quotes movies that, like, Adam Sandler is in, you know, things like that. And We're, like, I told alienating
1: her, so many of our listeners. Like, I hate uh, 30 Rock and you hate Adam Sandler.
0: <laughs> um, No, I don't hate him. I just, like, uh, don't need to watch... Um, What's the movie where Billy Madison, you know, mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I just don't need to ever watch that again. Like I don't need that life experience, um, repeated. Um, but she'll, I even put it in my, my wedding vows. I said, like, I'll, I will deal with your movie quotes regularly. And I'll, I might even say some back to you. Cause you're right. You, you start like anticipating the quotes <laughs> that she's going to say, you know, from the, um, what's the babysitter is dead. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. The, the, mm-hmm. She's always like, the dishes are done, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that scene?
1: <laughs> no, I've never seen that movie.
0: Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, <clears throat> uh, after Sa- Sam and I ranted about our spouse's sense of humor. Uh, back to you, Sam. And, and back also to, to be clear, you-
1: Peter is very funny. Like, I don't oh make God, fun very say, funny. Very like, yes. funny. Like, I would say that like he's one of the funniest people I know, but also like sometimes his jokes just rely too much on like poop. <laughs> <laughs> and like farts.
0: <laughs> Willow is funny too. She's the funniest when she's making fun of me or flirting with me. You know, mm-hmm. you know when you, you hate those fucking suave people who like are funnier and cooler when they're like making fun of me for like leaving bits of garbage around the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why you and I get along. <laughs>
0: Damn it. damn it i love people who degrade me um okay anyway back to maggie's issue um sam you see yourself in this letter were you ever at the point that maggie was at where she was like where she's you know questioning the validity of her affection for this person
1: yeah i think so i think um i think that it's actually pretty normal for folks to like after dating someone for six months i don't know to suddenly be like, wow, there's a lot of things that are annoying about you <laughs> that yeah. I didn't know were annoying oh, yeah, when we a great started point. dating.
0: <laughs> that's a great point.
1: Right, like there, I think that there's always this period of like, oh, suddenly we, suddenly you're like comfortable enough with me to really let let some of the the weird things Who out. Jokes
0: fly, <laughs> as right? They say. And like,
1: and I also think like the brain chemicals have started to subside, so you're not just like, right, super like. <laughs> crazy punch drunk in love with this person and then it's sort of like then the question starts to become like okay well so is this someone that I actually want to like spend significant amount of time with put a lot of work into not like to change them but like put a lot of work into the relationship and like meeting each other where we're at and I think it's perfectly normal to be like this thing about you is like really infuriating. And I don't know how to handle that because like six months <laughs> only, ago you were, you were perfect.
0: <laughs> only you would use the word infuriating there. And I love it. <laughs> I would be like, well, this is like mildly annoying. And you're like, this lights my soul on fire.
1: <laughs> uh huh, Absolutely. And I also think that like, you haven't in this phase of the relationship, you also haven't learned each other's things, right? You haven't learned the things that piss each other off. Like, right. I totally like, agree. Peter didn't know that his like beating a joke to death was an actually like really annoying me and like making me really tense until I had to like talk to him about it and be like, yes, I get it, but I also like, I get this joke yeah. and I don't, I'm not responding because I don't think it's funny or like I'm not responding because like I, I, I get it. Like you don't have to keep repeating it. Yeah. And like those types of conversations where you can then, Peter then knows like, Oh, I'm not going to get a joke from like I'm not going to get a laugh from Sam on this. I'm going to say the joke anyway, but I also like don't need to like harp it to death because I don't need him to laugh at it. I like Yeah. The joy comes in saying the joke and not necessarily getting a rise out of Sam.
0: I totally agree. Um I guess like my my quandary with this letter is where is the la- there's a couple like intersecting things happening here. Like where is Maggie's authentic desires fall right like Mm -hmm. does maggie truly need a different person or does mag or can maggie find fulfillment in this good person who she sees great potential in not not potential that he changes but potential in their relation you know like their good true love potential or whatever and then also like um what is our moral obligation to our partners not not as partners but as people to help to not um, to ask them for what they, what we need, but also to mm-hmm. as- respect who they authentically are. It's like yep. you didn't ask Peter to stop making fart jokes. I mean, but... I did
1: multiple times, and he <laughs> just hasn't.
0: <laughs> Authenticity, baby. I'm gonna say what I need to say when I want to say it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that that's what comes up for me when thinking about this. Um. I guess Maggie. First, I want to say that if this is a deal breaker for you, that's a fucking deal. That's that's fine. That's a deal breaker. Um, yeah, you can break a, up
1: for anyone for any reason.
0: Right? You're not you're not a bad person for being like I don't like these persons. You're not like dampening his joy. Maybe you're just not finding the right joy in it for you. Um, but uh, that. That being said, I also think that there, there's a way that we can work here. There's a way that we can nourish this potential good, true love by making sure you're getting what you want, what you want, and that you're maybe seeing what your partner can give you, um, within his authentic self, seeing all the great things that you love about him in his authentic self, and the things that you can't get from him, maybe this is when you start looking elsewhere for like, you know, like if you're not going to get enough vulnerable, serious conversations from your partner, A, make sure you're asking for them. Like communication mm-hmm. is key, but but maybe more importantly, B, remember that your, your partner can't be everything for you. And I know mm-hmm. it's hard in these COVID times when we're much more socially isolated and we might not be engaging in the way that we used to, but my wife doesn't, give me everything that I need. Um, she's just my favorite person who I want to spend the most time with, but she doesn't check all of my boxes.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And I also think your first point about like communication and asking for your, what you want um, is really important and being really honest about how you're feeling honestly in the moment too, I think it's going to be really helpful as well because like sometimes we learn from we learn from conflict and so like if he's carrying on and you're trying to have a serious conversation right you can say to him like honey I love you (laughs) but I'm trying to have a serious conversation with you and you are making the same joke to me over and over again right like it's hurting my feelings that you're not engaging me in this conversation and instead just like trying to make jokes right because honestly he might not even know that he's doing it right like he might not even know right. that like in that moment that that's what's happening and so being really honest about your feelings and not being like oh my god you're so not funny like shut up and instead just being like this is like this is hurting me because i'm trying to really connect with you and it feels like that's not happening can right. we have a serious conversation or to like i'm not like or to be like i'm t- i'm too frustrated right now to engage with you and i need to like spend some time apart right now yeah like, being honest with those feelings as opposed to, like, just holding it in. I feel like what you're doing is not, is, like, the reason why you might not be loosening up a bit is because, like, you're also withholding all of these these feelings. Like, you can't, you feel like you can't tell him that he's yeah. beating a dead joke to death, right?
0: Totally. Like, <laughs> and I was thinking, like, the YouTube videos, like, um, will, will and I will often show each other something that the other person doesn't think is funny. And I'll just be like, eh, I don't get it, or you know, Willow, who doesn't have social media, doesn't get half of the memes that I send her, <laughs> and she'll be like so she'll she'll be like." Are people like this? And I'm like, forget it. You know, um, <laughs> you can to those funny YouTube videos. Be like, ah, I don't really think this is funny, but I'm glad you like it. There is a, yeah. like I said earlier, there is a world in which this is a deal breaker and that's fine. Like maybe mm-hmm. your partner truly isn't giving you everything you need, but there's also a world in which y'all don't need to have the same sense of humor. Um, yeah, that's real. That, that uh, Sam and, and Peter are a hundred percent a testimony to that, um, in terms of a healthy relationship with um, diff- differing senses of humor. To that YouTube video, can say like, I'm glad that you like the cutest thing that I love to see in Sam and Peter is like when Peter makes like a poop joke and <laughs> giggles and is obviously really happy, and then Sam like literally lovingly smiles and rolls his eyes. <laughs> And it and sometimes it like may not appear as loving. <laughs> sometimes it's like a, oh my god, I mean I kill him. Um mm-hmm. but I see I I guess like not to like out Sam's love or anything, but um I can tell over the past how many years have you and Peter been together? Like five? Married five or
1: six? Yeah.
0: Married two. I've seen that appreciation for Peter grow. Like you have grown, you know, you might, you might've been like hellishly annoyed by these jokes earlier. And it's not that he's like worn you down, but you see that he's like a joyful, loving Mm -hmm. person. You see the, you've grown to like love the things about him, you know?
1: Yeah. And I also think, again, it just like took time for us to, to figure out what things of Peter's. I also find funny. Right, Right? like, and that has been really helpful too. Of like, I don't like characters. Like, I don't like it when comedians do characters. Like, it it annoys me. (laughs) Right. And so, like, the podcasts that we listen to together are not people doing characters. It's comedians like having conversations because, like, that's funny and engaging to me because it feels like more like Mm -hmm. personal and authentic. And it's engaging to Peter because it's like his favorite comedians having conversations. And so it's like, but that took time for us to figure. I had to be really. I had to learn. What I appreciated about Peter's humor and what I didn't and be really clear about that because it like it actually helped us find places where we actually think similar things are funny, which is really which is really helpful because like we obviously even before found similar things funny, but it did take me like, oh, I can still engage in your obsession over these podcasts or like this show and say, I like this part of it, and not so much this part of it. So, like, when we're together, how about we listen to this part? And when you're apart, then you can watch your like weird characters do their weird things.
0: Right? Yeah. Um, Maggie, I want to reiterate one more time. Like, this can be it, right? You could. This can be the tip of the iceberg that points you in one direction or another to be like this. This relationship is not for me. But also. You can, I I want to challenge you to make sure that you are like Sam is saying that you're communicating your authentic desires too. You're not just making space for his sense of humor. You're not Mm -hmm. just making space for his, um, joy and jokes and whatever, but you're also making space for, for yours, for your needs. You know, you're not telling them to like, shut the fuck up, but you're telling them you're being authentic in your reaction, right? You're Mm -hmm being like, ah, I don't really think that's funny. You don't have to do it in a cruel way and you don't have to do it in a way that shuts him down there. There, there, what I'm trying to say is there's a middle ground between like dampening someone's joy and just not partaking in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, so we want to challenge you to communicate, to be your authentic self and make sure. And, and I also want to say like, there's enough room for both of you. There's enough mm-hmm. room for both of your needs, both of your senses of humor, um, what I want you to do is is reflect on the relationship as a whole, not just on this one thing and say, you know, how's our sex life? How, how is our, um, our physical and emotional intimacy? Is he fulfilling other things? You know, does, is he available when I want to have a serious conversation?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If the answer is yes, um, that that's a good sign to me. Just because he doesn't always want to bring up those serious things, just because he moves through the world in a different way, doesn't necessarily point to me as like a as a character thing, a flaw. And I say mm-hmm. that primarily as somebody who now understands like the 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 way differences work in long-term relationships, the way they Mm -hmm. settle into each other, like Sam was saying, the way you settle into the different, um, ebbs and flows of each other's personality. This might not seem so glaring if you make sure you make space for you too.
1: Absolutely. And I think as, as time goes on, if you choose to pursue this relationship too, um, I think that one of the things that also has been helpful is like Peter recognizing that he doesn't need to make me laugh all the time. Right. And like him getting to know my sense of humor, too. So he knows that he's like if he sends me like a picture of Sonic with a big penis, like I'm not going to think it's funny, but he'll send it to Willow instead because Willow's (laughs) going to think it's hilarious or like he'll send it to our friend Mike because Mike's going to think that's so funny. Um, And so like... I think just over time, (laughs) I think just like over time, we've gotten to a better place where he can like better know my sense of humor. I can better know his sense of humor. And like there are still times where Peter says something and I will give like a belly laugh and he'll be like, how did that happen? (laughs) I did not expect that joke to land. Um, But like he still surprises me with things that I wouldn't have thought were funny, but like are funny because they're coming from him. Right,
0: totally. I totally agree. All right, um, Maggie, I know we gave you some sprawling, possibly indirect <laughs> advice through our own life experiences, but um, you're not doomed. Uh, you're not making a big deal out of anything. You just got to start making room for yourself, communicating, um, and seeing what you do love about your partner.
1: Absolutely. And also making room for him, right? Like yeah. making. Making space for him to be his goofy, authentic self and loving him because of that and not in spite mm, of it.
0: Totally. I totally agree. All right, Maggie, thank you so much for writing. We, we love, love you. you.
1: Rocket Money has over five million subscribers and has saved a total of five hundred million dollars in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to seven hundred and forty dollars a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up.
0: That's RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up. RocketMoney.com/slash Just Break Up. in the house
1: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c e.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up
0: All right. Our next letter is from Essanon who is writing from the devil's armpit, AKA Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Sam and Sierra. I just found your podcast a few weeks ago and have been binge listening nonstop while working from home quarantine life. You feel as you have heard so many times already. I just want to again reiterate my appreciate appreciation for you both as well as this community you have established. I just turned 25 and about a year and a half ago, I left an abusive relationship when I first left, I didn't realize just how abusive it was. It didn't get physical until the end, but the mental and emotional abuse I now know was pretty extreme, and I've been dealing with repercussions ever since. BTW, I have a therapist. She rocks. I dated around a lot over the last year, and I think the majority of my trauma affects me in that aspect of my life. I'll start dating someone, cling on really tight at the beginning, but then find some red flag that reminds me of my ex and flee. All my, quote, relationships have lasted a max a month, and honestly, I'm exhausted from the emotional ups and downs of dating. Who isn't, though? Recently, (laughs) I reconnected with my first boyfriend. We both live in the same city now and have been friends off and on for the last 10 years. When I say off and on, it is because every time in the past we have started to get close again, he confesses that he wants more than a friendship, and I've always either been with someone else or not interested. However, since reconnecting a few months ago, I wanted to explore a romantic relationship with him, and we've reached that barrier within the last month. It's been amazing. He's such a great guy, and it feels so good to be spending time with someone who has known me for so long and really gets a lot of the aspects of my life. We have so much fun together, and we're always laughing, and the sex is great. However, I have brought up to him briefly that my last serious relationship really took a toll on me and that I'm still dealing with the aftermath and my romantic life— is kind of a shit show at the moment. Not to mention, I'm dealing with my mom who is sick and just the mental toll the pandemic has taken on me in general. Because I really care about him and want him in my life, I was extremely hesitant to pick up a romantic relationship with him because of how messy things have been and are at the moment, and I don't want to hurt him. I told him this, and he told me, quote, I want to be a part of that mess, though, and help you navigate through it. All I ask is that you are open, honest, and communicate with me when things are rough. Soon, right? yes we swoon but we don't swoon at the bare minimum (laughs) yes that is very good um anyway i just like don't like when uh significant others get like a free pass for like doing what is generally right (laughs) anyway no i uh, sorry i started that off at the wrong foot this guy's great
1: yes
0: so things have been great like i said A few nights ago, I told him about my issue with red flags and we had a really open conversation regarding that. One of my big triggers is when someone drinks a lot because my ex would drink all the time and the more he drank, the more awful he became. The guy I'm currently seeing responded by this by letting me know that his dad is a functioning alcoholic and always has been, which I had no idea about. He told me it's something he thinks about often and is aware of and that he doesn't ever want that to be him, but he felt it was important to share with me, which I really appreciated. He has also been really, I feel like gentle is the best word to describe it in terms of how quickly we are progressing. So now my question um, is this, there is something inside me that feels like I need to go more in depth with him by what I mean when I say, quote, I was in an abusive relationship. When people hear the word abuse, I think their minds automatically go to physical, which I don't blame them, before my ex um, that's where my mind would go too. I blame our shitty education system that doesn't touch on at all on healthy versus unhealthy relationships. Anyway, I digress. However, the emotional abuse, gaslighting, and sexual abuse have all had way more lasting effects than the one night of him getting physical. I feel like I want him to know all of me, and that includes my shitty past because let's be real, that's who what made me me. However, my question for you guys is... Do you think this is valid and or necessary? If so, how in-depth should I go or do I need to go? Should I just spew out every last gritty detail? Is it too soon for me to dive into these heavier topics with him? Is there ever a good time to bring up past abuse in a new relationship? I don't want to scare him away, but I'm also scared to open up that vulnerable side of myself. With past guys, just going as far as, by the way, I was in an abusive relationship. I've had so many reactions of, quote, you don't seem like the uh, someone who, that would put up with that or they would just change the subject immediately. I don't think he'll come back with any shitty judgments like that, but I'm just entering new territory here because I've never wanted to share this side of myself with anyone. Any advice you would have would be greatly appreciated. I just want to make sure I'm respecting these boundaries as well as my own and doing the best for our potential future. All right, SNN, thank you so much for writing and for sharing your story. I want to say really quickly uh, before we dive into this um, two things. One, I especially wanted to answer this question because last week we answered a letter from someone called an abuser about mm. um that person saying like you know i'm struggling with how i learned to love people i feel like i'm exhibiting abusive behaviors you know like how do i move forward from this and one of their questions that went unanswered that a, a listener was sweet enough to dm me and be like i really want to know the the question the answer to this was should I disclose that I have been abusive in my past relationships
1: Mm. to
0: in future relationships? And so I thought we could tie them together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to touch on that a little bit later too. And then also to kick it off, um, you want to share this part of yourself um, with your new beau or, or whatever you want to call him um, because you want him to know you and, Mm -hmm. and love isn't just a feeling of affection. Love is the, the act of being seen fully and wholly for who you are and um, you deserve that. You deserve to be seen um, and you deserve to be listened to and you deserve to be loved. And that is a really good instinct. And this goes to you and to anybody out there who, who feels like maybe um, like if they share a part of themselves, then maybe that it'll be different afterwards it's better to be known and seen for who you are than to be loved for someone you're not. Um, Mm. I, I want to really encourage you and anybody out there um, that vulnerability is a strength and opening up and letting people see who you are is, is a strength and it makes you that much more lovable. Um, So yeah, Uh, Sam, when and how did you disclose your messy past history to people?
1: Um you know I think it was honestly maybe not super early in the relationship but definitely when it felt like things were getting more serious um and I think what worked well for for me was honestly just saying like um so I had a really shitty boyfriend previously who like did a lot of things that like made me uncomfortable and have made me really um I think guarded when it comes to relationships Um, and I don't want to like go into every like nasty detail of it, but like just know that I'm committed to like bringing up when I'm feeling triggered or like when I'm feeling unsafe because of the things that have happened to me and rather than sitting down and like telling Peter the entire story of what happened with me and my abusive ex instead, just in the moment saying, oh, this is, this is. This reminds me of something that this person did. um, And this is why I'm reacting in this way, (laughs) right? Or like instead of having the whole long saga, which I think would be like overwhelming and also like not even helpful for me to like disclose all of that, right? Like going through the entirety of our relationship wouldn't be helpful for me. Yeah. But being, but practicing awareness and like also knowing that Peter, like, also has said things like, I support you and I love you and like, I want to know these things about you, um, has been really helpful as well. So I don't know that you need to like dish out every gritty detail. I, I'm not opposed to that idea. I just like that didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that like, just being sure to to tell your partner that this happened to you, that it's something that you're that you're working through, that you want them to help support you in it. And also that like in moments you might bring up the fact that this happened and you're having a vivid memory of of this awful thing and this is really triggering because of this thing. Um I think is really helpful.
0: Yeah. At I least agree. it was for me. And I actually think um you're you're like tiptoeing around something that I want to touch on, um, which is I think very often and SNN like this might be true for you. It might not be, but this was definitely true for me. I felt the the obligation to tell the whole story when I was Mm. with a new partner because I, there was something in me that felt like I needed to prove it because, Mm -hmm. you know, victims of abuse, especially of gaslighting, um, and emotional trauma. um, Oftentimes you are questioning what's real. You're, you know, you're repeating the story in your head and you're like, I know this happened to me. I know um, they, they said this and they did this and I know that was real. And I know that was wrong. And so you're repeating that story in your head because you've been, you were told differently for so long, right? Like you were told that you're the crazy one or you're the um, fucked up one or you're wrong or whatever. And so when I first got out of, um, one of those abusive relationships and started dating a more like sustainable, healthy person. At first I wanted to be like, I need to tell you all of this um, because there was something inside me that was like afraid that if I didn't show him all of this proof, he wouldn't believe me. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And so I just wanted to touch on that and say, you don't have to spill it all. You don't have to share every gritty detail Um, while there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have anything to prove All you need to do is be your authentic self. And as Sam so eloquently put it, you have to be committed to processing when you are triggered, which might mean bringing, you know, like having a hard conversation in that moment, Um, uh, being vulnerable and telling him when you're feeling triggered or when you're feeling stressed or, and why, and telling him the specific reasons or whatever. Um, I think, something that if I was in your shoes, something that would help me is just to say, I feel like talking to you more about this relationship because it's something that definitely shaped who I am. And, and as I said earlier, I'm committed to like processing through this so that I no longer let this relationship affect my future relationships. Um, which might mean I want to talk about it again in the future, but first I want to give you this baseline understanding of what that means, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, when to do that, um I don't know, man. Like I'm sure that there is like a formal etiquette of like do it on the third date along <laughs> with sex, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I'm sure there's something out there that's like don't just don't say it right away, but um my, my elder my elder sister is like dating, she's in her um mid to late 30s and she's dating and the other day she like really inspired me because she's like I'm just fucking super upfront with people that I'm dating because like I'm too old and I and I yeah. just don't care. <laughs> and I worked really hard to love myself. So like I'm not gonna let a stranger affect that relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. Which is all to say um you know you, you have nothing to be ashamed of. This isn't something that you need to tiptoe around. This just needs to be something that you address, that you commit to um, and that you recognize as it sounds like you have in your letter is affecting the, your, you know, daily operations in your romantic entanglements and that Mm -hmm. you have to work to untangle it. Basically.
1: I think that's such a good point because I think at the end of the day, you like, you don't want to be with someone who's not going to be able to, to handle the fact that you are in an abusive relationship and that, that, that abusive relationship has, lingering consequences for you, right? And so I think being upfront about it or at least like acknowledging the fact that this has happened and that you're still continuing to work through it is is important because like, you know, you talked about how you have told other men this and they have like disappeared and it's like good, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you want to know if they're going to disappear when things get difficult, right? That's a good thing for you to know. That's a successful thing that you just did because you weeded out these these men who aren't, emotionally equipped to be able to 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 meet your needs and what you want out of a relationship, which is to have someone authentically know and see you, all of you, even the parts of you that are complicated and messy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's absolutely the right way to think about it is like, it's better to be upfront about these types of things. You don't have to like, you know, you don't have to be like, here's everything that happened on the first date, right? But I think being super honest and saying like, listen, I went through an, an emotionally, abusive relationship. Um, I'm still working through that. I really want to do that, but I also need you to know that like, I'm going to need to process through this while we're dating. And I love, I would love for you to be supportive of me in that. And what's great is that it sounds like this dude's there. Like it sounds like he really does want to work with you to figure out how to make this relationship work. So you have an open invitation from him to, to be authentic and to be, open and honest and communication, like, which is exactly what he asked to really tell him about what you're going through and, and tell him when you're being triggered or even be triggered. And then afterwards, tell him why you were triggered, right? Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like you need to be like present in every moment and be like, Oh my God, I am so triggered right now because of this reason and I am processing mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. it right now. But like being able to acknowledge the ways in which your ex hurt you and the ways in which that's continuing to show up in your relationship. And that's, Honestly, that is what makes relationships great—is like people being able to be there for each other in all of their messiness and and complication.
0: Yeah, and I wanna I wanna dig in a little bit deeper too because I I definitely like see myself in in your letter, SNN. um, because I too like m- navigated what does it mean to be in a, an abusive relationship, and then what does it mean to be in a, try to love in a healthy one right and i want to give you like the spark notes of what i learned which is that it rarely has anything to do with your partner um and your partner can be really supportive he can be gentle as you say he can listen he can not drink like your ex did he cannot be emotionally abusive as your ex did um you're still gonna get triggered and Mm. unfortunately here's here's the 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 Spark Notes version, um, you're the one that has to unpack those triggers. It, mm. it. And I didn't think like, I didn't know I was going to say this until I was sitting here listening. Like, well, what really did I need to know? And that is like, even my wife who I love and I'm so grateful to be with, doesn't love me perfectly. There's no mm-hmm. one loves you perfectly. And, even Willow at times doesn't respond to my pain or my trauma in the way that I feel like would make me perfectly heal- healed or whatever, because yeah. she's just a human, right? Because there are some um, triggers and wounds in me that. I solely, I am responsible to answering to, and I'm not saying your boyfriend shouldn't be a good boyfriend. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't listen to your triggers, listen to you process your traumas. I'm not saying he, that he, you know, Willow has definitely changed some behaviors to avoid triggering me in certain ways from a past relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, um, But at the end of the day, I share this, vulnerably so that you see that somebody in their 30s years past their abusive relationship is still it is solely responsible to me um it's my responsibility of how i respond to these triggers because i now know after walking this very similar journey um for x amount of years is that like another person, how they respond to it isn't going to affect the fact that I'm still triggered or Mm -hmm. what my body's going to do with that trigger. Um, And I say all of that to say, I want you to share this with your partner because I want you, like I said, to be seen and loved wholly for exactly who you are. Um, But being in a healthy relationship... um, Takes a lot of work, right? Takes work from both of you. And it's gonna take you um, processing with your therapist, processing with yourself. Like how do I, how do I want to, like Sam said, be committed to processing this trauma and these triggers in a way that will allow me to have a healthy, stable relationship?
1: Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think, you know, what you said about like being loved means like being seen and being loved wholly for who you are. But I, I will say that one of the most isolating things I think that I've had to come to terms with is the fact that even though I can be seen, I will never be fully understood, right? Mm, and no matter
0: so how real. much
1: I disclose to people about my past and the way that those past things have made me feel, no one else has experienced those things. Right. No one and else... you will
0: talk yourself dry if you try mm-hmm. to make them understand wholly, like Absolutely. he doesn't need to get it all. He can't. Yeah. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And I need. I needed to. I needed to learn. That, that is such a good point. So that I wasn't. I wasn't measuring the success or failure of myself by how deeply people understood me. Yes, bitch. <laughs> right. Say like they it more don't need articulately me. than me. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, what's great is that I have a partner that is loving and sees me and affirming and like wants to know me deeply. And also, I recognize that like he hasn't had the same experiences as me. He oh doesn't God, know so what real. it feels like to be triggered by this thing or to have this like sudden flashback of a memory of like of something that has deeply hurt me that I didn't know had deeply hurt me, right? Like, yeah, and that's okay. That's what what we really can only ask of our partners is not for them to fully understand us and fully understand everything that we're going through, but instead to just be there and to love to us through that mm-hmm, right and to mm-hmm. see us and validate that like yes i don't understand this but what you are feeling is true what you are feeling is real and i'm here to help figure out how we deal with and grow through the ramifications of of that that experience and that's that's what i think is really wonderful about really healthy relationships is that it's like is that having that person who loves you even though they don't understand you is mm-hmm. just like so wonderful <laughs>
0: I totally agree. I, I think one of the healthiest things that I've seen um, Willow do is like when I'm processing something and she can't relate to it or wrap around her mind around it, she'll just say, um, I don't understand what that feels, but I can see this means something to you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Esenon, I also want to just, like, big you up for a second. Like, you are totally capable of having a healthy, sustainable relationship post-abuse. That is 100% not only your right as a human, but your inherent uh, worthiness as a, as a soul that is loving. Um, just because we go through shitty experiences that make us who, who we are um, does not mean we are in, um, unworthy of better ones um, or incapable of better ones. Um, also like this journey is going to be long. Like I fucking had two abusive relationships in my life and they were like 10 years apart. <laughs> <laughs> and I got out of my second one and said, how the fuck did that happen again? <laughs> you know? Um, so you're, you are in this process of forever learning yourself and you you're going to get better at telling your story the more you tell it. Um, now I can I can talk about those past abuses um, without batting an eye because I know while they did make me who I am, they do not define me, and that they're way more unifying than I would ever imagine in that in those moments of shame when I think I'm a broken person. Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot more people have an experiences like your boyfriend admitting to uh, you know to his father's alcoholism a lot of these signs, these things that are that we keep in the shadows of ourselves are the things that truly connect us. So mm-hmm. we encourage you to be as transparent as you need to be and to remember that you're going to be on this journey for a long time. So you might as well sell, start being a, a loud and proud advocate for yourself. I want to talk really quickly before we send a, a non off with our love um, about when to disclose if you have had abusive relationships you know, you've been abusive in a past relationship. Um, I think that this is something that is very admirable of people of, of if someone wants to admit to it. Um, But I don't want you all, if anybody's struggling with that, like wondering if I should share this with a future partner, I don't want you to think of this as like a scarlet letter that you're doomed to. It is, Mm -hmm. for me, it is more about accountability. For me, um, like I shared last episode um i know if i say out loud to something to willow i feel that much more vulnerable and committed to her and i you know like if i say uh i've really i felt jealous in that moment and that jealousy makes me feel immature and stupid and i really want to work on not feeling jealous with you anymore because i feel really secure with you and that that's that's not like my emotional response is reacting in a way that my actual authentic feelings don't reflect um I think of like saying those things out loud as like a little accountability check that you write to yourself. Um, So it's up to you all, uh, whether you want to disclose what you are working on as a human being. I do think that it is really helpful to be like, um, and I'm interested in your thoughts, Sam, I didn't really think this out, but I, I think if somebody came to me and said, so in the past, I used to really struggle with being controlling and, um, that's not who I feel like I am authentically. And I really want to work against that. Um, and I'm really like you, the word you said before, I'm committed to processing when I feel triggered to be controlling. Um, and so if it comes out, I'm going to, it might be awkward and fumbling and uncomfortable and embarrassing for me. But my goal is to vocalize when I'm, when I'm doing it so that I can disrupt that pattern right in the middle of it. If somebody mm-hmm. said that to me, I'd be like, Oh my God, that's so hot. Like I'm so <laughs> wet. <laughs> I don't know if that's right, but like that's how I that's 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 the level of transparency that I have found most effective in my personal growth with my in my interpersonal relationships vocalizing it and holding myself accountable to it.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think also when we're talking about that that letter that we got last week from an abuser, right? I think also being honest about the the abuse that caused those abusive behaviors too, right? Like, those abusive behaviors that right. that letter writer was was exhibiting were because of their past childhood shit right yes. like the abuse that they learned as a child and so i think it doesn't necessarily have to be like i was an abuser or i am an abuser i'm trying to be better but instead being like i'm dealing with some like family um i'm dealing with like family abuse like i'm dealing with like an, some things that i've gone through in my past and like the way that i've that I've coped with that hasn't been super healthy for me or my partner. But what I'm trying to do is like be able to disclose some of the things that happened to me as a kid so that they become less controlling of me. And I hope that you'll join me in like in working through some of those things that might trigger me to act in a way that I don't want to in a way that, that hurts people and hurts myself.
0: Oh my God. And I really quickly want to connect it to Essanan's letter about moving forward. Because again, like I said, your, you know, you healing from this abuse is unfortunately a hundred percent on you. And, um, that's like the shitty fucking cards of life, right? That like, if somebody <laughs> fucks you up, then you're responsible for like cleaning up the mess they left in you. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But another huge part of my healing was understanding again, my, um, p- the part that I, the role that I played in that abusive relationship. And I'm not talking of some victim blaming bullshit. Like you didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. Um, our actions didn't deserve it. Things like that. But I recognize at some point in my healing that the choices that I made led to making a space where I fostered that type of abuse. Um, again, I want to like be very careful of my wordings here because um, I truly believe that nobody deserves to be abused and your actions don't excuse any of it. But I also, especially in the second time around, you know, when I'm like <laughs> in my fucking thirties, uh-huh. I thought when, what in the fuck, how did I get myself in this situation again? What did I do not to deserve this, but to nurture this, to grow this. Right. And so, so, so moving forward um, in this new healthy, good love, S and it's not just about what your boyfriend will or will not do to trigger you. It's about how you're going to stand up for your boundaries and your healthiness when he unintentionally does because he unintentionally will because mm-hmm. life is full of triggers. So it's not just like, it's not just make creating a w- relationship in which you will never be hurt again. It's about creating a self that will never abandon yourself again.
1: mm Hmm that's such a good point
0: okay cool s anon we love you so much i believe in you i believe in your strength and your growth and your ability and worthiness of a good true love thank you so
1: much for writing absolutely we love you all right our next letter comes from nikki anonymous who is writing from the void Hi, Sam and Sierra. Your podcast has been part of some really helpful inspiration for me to love myself and through that love, start taking care of myself better. So thank you for that so many times. Mm. Trigger warning that the following story contains a, sexual, a potential sexual assault perpetrated by a female on a male. I'm a cis female living with my cis male boyfriend of three plus years, and we are both in our 20s. We have been living together after a traumatic event just over a year ago forced him to leave his living situation with his family, and I invited him to live with me. He accepted somewhat cautiously, but I felt good about it because his home and with his family had been pretty chaotic, and he had already been spending three to four nights a week in my apartment anyways. Within two weeks of him being forced out of his home and moving into mine or ours. He was planning to attend a music festival with his friends, but they bailed on him. He was going to meet up with other friends from other states when he got there there. So I encouraged him to go alone since they had already paid for the hotel room. He did. The shortest version that I can give of what happened is this. One night he calls me. He's just getting back to his hotel room. He's tired, sick, nauseous, in pain, drunk, He can't drive to the store to get Tylenol, Tums, food, or water, so I encourage him to text a group chat of people he hung out with to see if anyone had gotten to the hotel and could get him some stuff. He protests but eventually agrees and I tell him I love him and go to bed. He texts the group. A girl in that group offers immediately and brings items to his room. She won't leave despite him paying her back and giving her money. She keeps encouraging him to lie down. He said he started to feel even more woozy and even a bit dizzy, But so he did, but kept encouraging her to leave so he could sleep. She climbed on top of him and had sex with him. He remembers flashes of protesting, but when he wakes up, she's gone, and he calls me and tells me he cheated in tears. I also receive a text from the girl saying I should talk to him. The above the above is his story. I've been trying I've been able to verify some parts of that with his friends. For what it's worth, I believe him, especially having talked to him that night. I never heard her side of the story. When he tells me it happened, however, that day, before I had all the details above, he just keeps telling me that it's his fault. He keeps saying that he was feeling a lot of pressure from the recent move and that he wasn't ready to move in with me. And it just happened. He owned everything, said he would move out, said he never would never talk to me again, whatever. He came home and he talked through what he had been feeling. He talked about how he had been so scared that he was going to screw up this relationship and he would do anything, everything to show me that if I found it in my heart to give him another chance, I was the only one he wanted. I loved him and I didn't want him to move out. It felt so unfair, like we didn't even get a chance to live together happily on top of the fact that it was so out of character. I was just really confused and obviously very hurt." So at first, my boundaries were that we were going to sleep separately and that he needed to pursue individual therapy to deal with whatever he was going through. And then we would go from there. I really had very little expectations. I remember going to bed that first night telling myself I was crazy for prolonging both of our suffering. I'd been cheated on before, and it usually went downhill from there, you know? But he... But quite literally, he did every single thing I asked in regard to that incident from that point onward. He went to individual therapy, still is going. He slept on the very uncomfortable couch every night for probably eight to 10 weeks until I was ready for him to come back into our bed. And he never complained. He threw away, he threw away anything that I ever said, that I said ever triggered me about the infidelity without a second word. He gave me reassurance open and on often. He, had previously been very secretive about his phone, but after that he gave me his passcode and actively, and actively offered to have me look through it whenever I wanted to calm any anxiety I had. We obviously made it through this hard time together stronger, and I'm so fulfilled with our good true love that I enjoy until this day. I would not give up this man for anything. The only qualm was the details that I felt like I needed. He never wanted to give details because he eventually explained they were fuzzy to him. And he said he didn't want to take anything but responsibility. I took took a long time for the details that formed the narrative that I presented above to come out. I never suggested to him that this may have been sexual assault. He's a very proud person. But still, really still growing in his ability to process his trauma. In his case, his dad was murdered at a young age and his mom was abusive, so he already had a shit life cocktail going on. And he wants to grow from those experiences. I haven't wanted to add this on top of all of the work that he's been doing to deal with this other trauma and therapy. If I had known all the details in the days following, I would have treated him like a victim and encouraged him to name it as such but it took months for this all to really come together. And now I feel really shitty for putting up all these boundaries and such for someone who I think might be actually a victim of sexual assault rather than a cheater. Sometimes I think it's better to let this be a realization he comes to later. Part of my go to therapy boundary led to his being diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So ever since he's been in therapy, he's been trying out different ways to manage that and even trying some different antidepressants. He's also been going back to school and just last week started a new better paying job, not to mention all during a global pandemic, which I am so proud of him for. Besides, people will deal with things as they're ready to, right? Other times, I feel very guilty and like I need to apologize for the whole thing, for treating him like a cheater and not a victim. I worry that he'll resent me for it and that he'll be upset that I realized this and didn't say anything. He said a million times that he's happy as long as he's with me and to not worry about the boundaries I put up. But I just worry that the fact that he might have been, he might have internalized his faults in this experience in such a profoundly inaccurate way that it will impact his feelings for me and my actions. Thanks in advance, Nikki.
0: Nikki, thank you so much for writing and for detailing what is obviously a very painful and difficult experience for you both. Um, yeah. I Sam's note on the top of this letter just says very interesting question. And I think that's (laughs) the perfect description because there's a lot going on here. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, the very first thing I want to say is similar to that is that there is a lot going on here. And Mm -hmm. you Nikki did the responded the best way that you could in the moment with the knowledge and experience that you had at that moment. You Absolutely. did the best that you could. You, you mm-hmm. know what, like you might have regret about how you reacted, but you just, you literally could not have reacted in any different way Mm-mm. because there's no going back. Number one, you responded with the the knowledge and experience that you had in that moment. Um, and it, that was your best response. You thought that you were cheated on, you know, you still don't know you weren't there. You just don't, you don't have all the facts. So, it's a very scary, um, overwhelming, emotionally painful thing that you experience that you that you that you don't have all the details on. So you, I just want to say you did the best that you could, and mm-hmm. we all we all are perpetually inadequate. We are all perpetually ill prepared for something um, that the universe never told us to be prepared for. You know, you mm-hmm. did the best that you could.
1: Absolutely. And I think you, you, uh, you reacted in what you knew in such a, a, in a way that tried to like understand and build growth, right? Like, like, and I want to give you kudos for that, right? Like you listened, you, you let him say his piece and then you did things to help affirm some of the, the, the insecurities that you were going through and also allowed space for forgiveness, which I think is like is really beautiful and also really difficult. I think in in these times, right? Like the fact that you were cheated on and still said, like, I understand how remorseful you are. I'm still deeply hurt at the same time. And here are the things that we need to do as a couple to be able to work through this. And like, what a great example of of actually like showing up and being willing to like commit to someone and do the work to like get through something that was very painful for you. Um, And I want to, I want to affirm that like, that's amazing that you were able to do that. Like, that's not, not a thing that you should regret. You should look back on that and say like, I behaved very maturely. I behaved in a very loving manner. And self-loving way in those moments, I established boundaries and also found space for forgiveness, which I think right. is is amazing and a mark of of someone who's been doing head and heart work and is like really willing to to do that work. So just right. I want to affirm you in that as well. And if you
0: had, yeah, and if you had known, if you had known the details, if you had already. If you had opened this journey at the, f- the first page, um, understood that this was um, a potential sexual assault experience, then you would have responded accordingly, like you said, and you would have extended that forgiveness, that grace, um, that maturity, those boundaries. Even more so, you just started in the one path and now you think you're on another and now you're going to respond accordingly. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely before we get into the um, potential assault, um, I want to say quickly two things. One, I keep saying potential, not because I don't believe um, victims, right? Mm -hmm. There's words that we hear a lot in this, like alleged or accused or Mm -hmm. whatever that like shift it um, away from the actual action and instead like maintain innocence. Right. Um, That's not why I'm saying that. I'm saying that because, uh i'm saying potential because like Nikki, um i don't i don't know the details i'm going to assume that this was a sexual assault experience because i think it's um more holistic and beneficial to us as a whole to 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 assume um to believe survivors or believe people who come forward with these stories like that's just this that's just the side of history that i want to be on but right now i'm saying potential just because um you know, Nikki's boyfriend didn't write us. Uh, uh, Nikki's is just giving us the details we have, and we're just responding accordingly. That being Absolutely. said,
1: ble- no, and I also want to say, like, it's up to Nikki's boyfriend to decide whether or not right. this was assault, right? Like, he's the one that gets to be able to label it and name it. And so I don't want to, I don't want to put words in his mouth because that might impede his ability to heal from this, right. this situation.
0: That's perfect. Thank you for that. Okay, so then the second thing I want to say before we move to how to move forward with this new knowledge or potential knowledge is Nikki. Um, Sam and I give cheaters a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> We, um, you know, Sam loves to joke about my ex who cheated on me and then dumped me, you know, and we like to, we like to, um, if it's right for people, encourage people to leave people who cheat on them, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I also want to, I want to definitively state something that I wholly believe that I don't often say here on the podcast is that you can stay together after cheating and become even more healthy and, um, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. And this goes for anyone, right? There's nothing wrong with you if you stay with someone who cheats on you. It it all resides in the boundaries that you create, the growth that you make, um, and your ability to not only grow from that experience, but move on from it. Like at one point, Nikki, you're going to have to stop looking at, her, at his phone. Um, mm, yeah, Yep. But I just wanted to say that like loud and clear that there's nothing wrong in a relationship that that grows from something terrible happening, Sam and I often talk about the other side of that coin, where we say like, "Get the fuck out," you know, <laughs> because you deserve better. But it, mm-hmm. it's it it is also possible to stay. Um, and I was gonna I was gonna use the word fight for something good, but it's not about fighting. Love shouldn't be about like a battle that you win and then you like win the the you know the jewels of good love.
1: (laughs) Right. Contrary to Pat Benatar's assertion, love is not a battlefield. No,
0: no, it's not a battlefield. Um, (laughs) Right. There's no uh, guns and swords and things like that. Um,
1: Be way more exciting if it were though.
0: Or bayonets, (laughs) which is both. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) That's my sexuality. I'm a bayonet. (laughs) Anyway, um, I just want to say that like, you know, it's not that you're going to stay and fight for it. It's that you're going to grow from it. You're going to do mm. you're going to like do that dirty, painful um slow, so slow work of rebuilding what your relationship should have looked like when the infidelity happened. Um so yes, mm-hmm. you're you're you've done a good thing. I believe in this relationship and I believe in the sanctity of it. Um in terms of like I don't think it's like scathed or cursed or anything like that Mm -hmm. I wanted to say that because I I feel like we don't always talk about that side of the coin especially since I was like cheated on multiple times and then dumped (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do what Nikki did and and then was dumped
1: (laughs) yeah no well he was a dick so
0: yeah anyway Um, Okay, so let's uh, talk about this new chapter in this story, which is Nikki's understanding that this might have been a sexual assault experience um, and that, like you said, I don't think she wants to label it for her boyfriend, but she doesn't know how to get over her personal guilt of not responding correctly. Um, Yeah, and whatnot. How to
1: move forward. So, Nikki, I would say that... um the way that I would handle this is to have a conversation with your boyfriend and say, honey, I just want to say that I'm so grateful for all of the work that you put in to help us rebuild this relationship. And I, and I think that we are at a healthier and stronger place now because of all of the work, honestly, that you did and that we did together to make this happen. I would say that the more that I hear about what happened the night, the less I think it was your fault And so I just want to say that, like, I love and appreciate all the work that you did. And also just want to acknowledge that, like, I have practiced so much forgiveness for you, especially now that I know that, like, what happened that night was so fuzzy. It was so it was not intentional and that you didn't seem like a very active player in what happened. Right. And instead of apologizing for how guilty you feel, which I don't think will actually get what you want. Like, I don't actually think you feel guilty right I don't think that you feel shame I think that you are feeling I think that you are feeling a misplaced sense of gratitude for the fact that he did all this work and honestly he didn't have to right like and I think shifting it in that way and shifting it from I feel shame over this thing and instead feeling I feel so grateful that I have a partner that would be willing to do this even though at the end of the day he didn't have to will help you like move forward with this because shame keeps us exactly where we are that's what it's intended to do shame is intended to to keep us in our place and keep us from growth but gratitude actually offers us the opportunity to move forward and offers us the opportunity to find different meanings that are actually going to serve us better
0: i agree um that's interesting i didn't think you were going to take that angle i mean i i thought you were going to say something like that but For me, as like a chronically ashamed person, (laughs) I I definitely connected to Nikki and and thought that she was definitely feeling shame. I like what you said about not using shame as the um, propelling force here, but instead gratitude. Um, But if I was Nikki, I would probably say something like, "Um, I really love where we are at in our relationship. It's obvious that we both worked really hard to be here. Like you said, like steep it in gratitude. And then the way I would go about it is say something like, um, I just want to be accountable to some things that I've been thinking lately and um, that prim- primarily revolve around the fact, I like what you said about like, now that everything's, you know, n- with what we know about what happened, um, I am I feel some regret about how I reacted um, mm-hmm. and I want to be accountable to that and just tell you, I'm sorry and I'm really grateful. Like I think I think there has there is a way to both say what you want to say to clear your not clear your conscience, but to be accountable to it, right? To say like, I'm 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 sorry. I if I could go back with the knowledge I have now, I would have acted differently.
1: Mm. I think um I love that idea of of saying that too, instead of cause what I don't want for you, Nikki, is for you to go into this just trying to atone for something, right? Because that centers your guilt right. over right. what could, he's been You couldn't been have through. done any
0: better. You didn't know. Uh, yep.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so instead practicing gratitude for the work that he did to, and you did too, also to like keep this relationship whole and to get it to a much healthier space. And I'd love Sierra's idea of, of bringing a little bit of accountability into it and and saying like, if I had known everything that you told me, I would have, I would have, responded to this differently
0: and for and that so i just want to i wish i did it differently yeah
1: right all right and i wish i would have didn't did it differently and it has only made me so much more thankful for what you did because you yes. didn't have to at the end of the day you didn't actually have to do it um, but you
0: chose to because you believe in our relationship and you love me and for that you know yeah
1: absolutely and i would say we honestly, gotta write a book
0: man <laughs> yeah I know.
1: honestly nikki i would avoid trying to talk to him about whether or not this was a sexual yes, assault i agree I think that that's something that he's going to need to come because to that's terms in the past. with. Yep. And also, like, I think you saying, I think you acknowledging the fact that it sounds like what happened was not his fault is going to be actually really helpful for him to start thinking about maybe things differently. And acknowledging yes. the fact that he didn't have to do all the things that you did because you would have acted differently if you had the full knowledge of what happened that night might also help trigger him that in like thinking about that. But, as a person who has experienced assault, like, I had to be the one to come to terms with the fact that this is what happened to me in partnership right. with other people, <laughs> right? Like, people who encouraged me to name it. But I think if someone had been like, ooh, honey, like, your story sounds like you were assaulted, I would have been like, no, go away. <laughs> like, right. I would not have been ready to hear it. Um but I think you can also talk, like, if you continue to have conversations about these, talk about some of the things that are red flags for you. Be like, well, honey, it sounds like you said no, right? It sounds like you mm-hmm. it sounds like you were really drunk and couldn't push this person off of you. Like, it sounds like you really regretted what happened immediately afterwards, right? Like, I think that those are things that you can bring up. But I, I think that the phrase sexual assault tends to be really triggering for people because of how they have definitions of it. Like, mm. it needs to be forcible and it can't happen to men, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women can't mm-hmm. perpetrate it. That um, I don't know that it's going to be really constructive for you. And it seems like something that he needs to talk about with his therapist when he's ready for it. Because it also sounds like he's got a bunch of other stuff that he needs to to talk about too, right? And it might be better for him in this moment to just focus on that and not focus on, on what happened that night. Mm-hmm. And so I think... I think sometimes we try and like identify ways in which we want people to heal or identify things in which Mm. we want them to like to focus on. But like we need to trust that people are going to arrive at their own conclusions at exactly the right time for them and that they're going to do it. And especially in partnership with a therapist, they're going to do it. They're going to focus on the things that that are most important in any given moment.
0: I totally agree. And I want to say really quickly, I say that that experience of his is in the past, not because it won't affect your future or not because it's not important, but because like Sam said so eloquently, it is not on you to label or to heal his experience. <clears throat> what is on you is what you're accountable to, which is your relationship, your behaviors in the relationship and what you want um, to move forward from and be, and be strengthened by. Mm-hmm. Um, I the last thing I'll, I'll say is this, like I said at the very beginning of answering this letter, this is a very, per, this is a perfect example of um, this, the complicated uh, situations we get our hearts in, right? There are so many things happening here um whether it's past trauma present trauma relationships different realities different understandings and fidelity you know whatever moving in together a pandemic right there, you guys are <laughs> you guys are dealing with a lot and um you know what even i would maybe add to our script too like just looking at the letter and thinking about the last thing i want to say um i would add like uh the words like i believe you right Mm -hmm. i think it's really powerful to say you know i see you putting all this work in into this um to growing from this i see you being transparent and um accountable to the actions i see you regretting this infidelity but i want you to know that i believe you when you say um that those details are fuzzy and i believe you when you say you really regret it and i believe you no matter what happened, like I I believe you and, I, and I'm here with you now. So whatever happened, I'm here to support you to move forward from it.
1: Absolutely. And I will also just say that like you relating back to the first letter, like you don't have to have the same understanding of what happened mm. for you to be able to find a way to work together towards <clears throat> your your shared goals for your relationship, right? right. Like it's not... You don't need him to understand that this was a sexual assault for you to be able to say this was a sexual assault for him. And right. so I'm going to practice um, kindness That's a good point. and compassion and care for him instead of demanding accountability or forgiveness. Um, and he can say accountability and responsibility is the only thing that I want to focus on. And both of those things can be true at the same time. Right. You don't need to be. You don't need to be exactly on the same page about this for you both to find a way to cope with it in a way that can serve both you and your relationship. I
0: totally agree. Nikki, thank you so much for trusting us with this story and for writing in. We are grateful for you.
1: We are. All right, everyone. This brings us to the blind date segment of our show. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. This week, we're going to set you up with
0: Okay, so I got a lot to say <laughs> um, I, i'm gonna shout out a fitness program or like an activity program that I've been mm-hmm. using since we went on um went on quarantine called camp gladiator and um I waited a really long time to shout it out because I just wasn't sure if this was something I want to shout out the podcast, but I've been doing it regularly since April and I love it. And, um, I got our just breakup listeners like a free month of camp gladiator. So I'm going to share some details really quickly. So it's kind of, um, it's amazing. So when everybody went on quarantine, um, camp gladiator, which is traditionally like an outdoor workout crew where you like sign up for a workout and and you show up and you do a workout with a bunch of other people and a trainer through camp gladiator. Mm -hmm. Um, they went hundred percent virtual when everything in the country got shut down. <clears throat> so that's when I started working out, working out with them with a trainer who was Willow's friend in college, um, who was working in Texas. And I was like in New York. So I was doing her virtual workouts, um, three times a week or whatever. And I really loved it. So I signed on after I got like a free month or whatever. Um, and, uh, it's, all you need is like a pair of dumbbells and a yoga mat. And it's, I really love the workout because it's different every week. Um, if you are into these types of activities, um, check it out. If We do weightlifting. We do HIIT exercises, bodyweight exercises, cardio, things like that. Um, I really liked it because my gym shut down. Um, and also y'all know that I do physical activity to help my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I can't believe how affordable it is and they have like I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of workouts a day because because I'm virtual I can work out with anybody almost at any time they have workouts from like 4 a.m to 9 30 p.m they have like I don't know a thousand workouts or something like that that you can choose from at different times during the day and it's all held on zoom this is their virtual thing um and then because the states have started slowly started opening up depending on their different um parameters their their live workouts have also started to go live again um so if you're in the texas georgia atlanta denver all of florida louisiana north carolina tennessee area you can also get a free month of live workouts um with them uh they last an hour long they do stretching warm-ups workout and This is what I want to say, y'all. This is why I waited to shout out Camp Gladiator is because I really wanted to get a taste for what the company was like and who used it because I know sometimes like activity or fitness-based things can be really intimidating. and can be really like, I don't know, douchey aggressive, right? And Mm -hmm. with a name like Camp Gladiator, I was like really afraid of that. Well, number one, I found out that the name is from uh, one of the founders competed in the the remake of American Gladiators. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she didn't want to like spend her the rest of her life like selling supplements in that name. So she started Camp Gladiator. So that's where the name comes from. And number two, since I've been doing their live Zoom workout 7th April, I see so many different type of people. I see so many different types of um, bodies, right? I see so many different types of activity level. Um, and they are... The trainers can be really... Um, great about dealing with people from all different backgrounds um, and that's something I really appreciate because I feel like like I said again like this world can be very like machismo fat phobic and I don't know just overall like aggressive mm-hmm. you know um, and I and I haven't seen that in this company and that's why I'm really proud to shout them out also I'm friends with my trainer shout out to Amanda who made these coupon codes for us so If you are interested in a month free of Camp Gladiator virtual, you can sign up with the code JUSTBREAKUP. Or if you want um, an outdoor camp, like if you are within 30 miles of any of the cities that I said before, you can use the code JUSTBREAKUP1. And these are a $59 value or $125 value. So thanks to Amanda for signing that up. I'm going to read really quickly how to sign up and then I'll get going. Sorry to give you all this information, but... um, so you go to campgladiator.com and uh, you create an account. And then once you're in the account, you're going to go to the checkout page and buy a camp. They, I do a monthly camp, you know, like I subscribe for a year or whatever, but you do a four month camp. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, and then you can enter in the code um, and you get a four week camp for free just for being a JBU listener. Um, and you have access to all and any CG times and locations. No, you need to reserve... There's no need to reserve a spot for class. You just check in and go or check in and and join the Zoom like I did. Um, When signing up for a virtual, it'll ask you for a preferred trainer or preferred time. My trainer's name is Amanda Thompson. Shout out to her in North Texas. Um, But when signing up for an outdoor, if there's one within 30 miles of you, you can just pick a location and a time that you will be able to go most of the time. The last thing I want to say is uh, this is going to sound really silly, but I got my whole family hooked on CG because one, we can like work out together. So it's like a cute thing because we live in yeah. all different cities. So it's it's like, you know, the three of us in three different cities and three different states can work out at the same time and I can like see them on Zoom. Um, and the second thing is they because they run in camps like four week cycles, they uh, <laughs> they do competitions where like if you work out if you get 15 check-ins they call them or 15 workouts within the month they'll send you a (laughs) t-shirt and I'm like very prize motivated so it's like all of a sudden I'm like I'm gonna get that fucking t-shirt you know what I mean (laughs) um so I just feel like they're um, they're the right attitude. They're a great company um, and they always offer these uh, cool incentive programs and things like that. And I really like the diversity that I see in their clientele and their trainers. So this is Camp Gladiator and you can use the code JustBreakUp break up for a free month of their virtual camp or the code just break up one for a free month of their in-person camp.
1: That's great. And to be clear, this is not an ad. We are like, we're not no, getting paid for this. Sierra honestly, just loves this so much that she like sought out a coupon I really for like
0: them. And for y'all who are like at all interested in in um, this type of activity, I really love feeling strong. So I really have been loving like the weightlifting type of stuff that we do. There's always modifications. If you're new, you can just like message your trainer. I see it all the time in the Zoom. I, I, I work out in Zoom like four to five times a week. Um, and I'll, I'll see people message like, this is my first one or this is my first 50th one or this is my 100th Mm. one and or like i have sore knees and so the trainer can accommodate um you know, honestly, the only thing I don't like about it is that there are so many trainer options that it can feel really <laughs> overwhelming to yeah. pick one. I told Amanda, I was going to say this. Um, it can be really overwhelming to pick one. Um, cause you feel like it's like Russian roulette of trainers, but, um, I've liked 99% of them. Um, and if I didn't like them, it was just cause I like, didn't like their vibe. Cause I don't want to be like boot camped through my workout. Instead, I want you to be like a really cute, fun cheerleader, <laughs> which is what most of them are. Are. Um and so uh yeah I just have really enjoyed this company and I reached out to Amanda for this free code because I thought maybe y'all would like it so thanks Amanda and check out Camp Gladiator
1: awesome alright everyone thank you so much for listening you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Pod you can slide into our DM send us your favorite
0: relationship memes but most importantly you can check out uh, nope. M- most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our Patreon and our merchandise.
1: Absolutely. And starting October 19th, we are going to be Spotify exclusive, which means that you all need to download the Spotify app, search for us on there, follow us on there, and also consider supporting us on Patreon. If yes. you support us on Patreon for As little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the lights on, mics on, and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: That's right. And that Spotify app is free to use and download. No credit card needed. Big thanks to Big Cats for editing, producing, original music, all that magical things. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If podcast. And remember, you are strong, resilient, brave, smart, and intuitive. You can do hard things. You can make hard decisions. You can listen to all that confusing hum in your brain and hear your true authentic thoughts through all the din. You just need to believe in yourself. And if all else fails...
1: Just Break Up.